Welcome to the Bethany Community Church Sermon Podcast. This ministry is intended to inspire you and help bring solutions to the challenges of life. Today's message is titled, Paul's Influence, and it is part of the Life of Paul Sermon Series. For more information about other ministries here at Bethany Community Church, feel free to check us out at our website at bccma.org, or you can always send us an email at office at bccma.org. And now, here's Pastor Phil McCutcheon. Okay, we're going to go to Galatians 4, 8 uh, uh, through 20, and we're going to talk today about, I'm going to, this is the final sermon on Paul, which I really regret, because I wish there's just so much more we need to say about him. And I hope I've spurred in you uh, a desire to study Apostle Paul and to study his life, because he's, besides Christ, he's the most important figure in the New Testament, and, and probably in history. Um, and uh, so today we're going to talk, I'm going to call Paul the uninvited influencer. And I want, to, I want to end by characterizing him as the uninvited influencer. And I want, to, I, want to, I want to, today I want to tell you where I'm going, where I start. I want, to, I want to encourage you to welcome into your life those God-ordained, those godly uninvited influencers. Those people who don't always ask your permission before they give you affirmation or correction. Now, an uninvited uh, influencer is not the same as a drive-by um, uh, scolder. Uh, I, you know, the drive-by scolders? Like, I was, I was at Walmart one day, and I, I don't do this very often. It's not like something uh, uh, that I do. Um, uh, I mean, Sherry would probably get on to me about it if I did it a lot, but, and, but she's earned the right to do that. Uh, but I had a toothpick in my mouth. And I was at the counter at Walmart, and I don't know, I don't, like I said, I don't normally go around in public places with a toothpick. I guess I'd had lunch, and I had a toothpick in my mouth, and this woman standing right next to me, and she looked right at me, she, in front of everybody, really loud, get that toothpick out of your mouth. <laughs> I said, Whoa. And she started to give me this lecture about how the, the, the chips of wood would get in your stomach, and she knew a lady who chewed toothpicks all the time, and the lady, I think, died from... Uh, splinters in her. <laughs> now that is not, see, remember I put two words, uninvited, influencer. That woman is not a good influencer. She's uninvited, but she wasn't, she didn't influence me. In fact, I wanted to get like five toothpicks. And <laughs> I wanted to go buy a year's supply. <laughs> Some people just affect you like that. You know, they you just go the other way. Galatians chapter 4, verse 8, Formerly when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who were by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you're turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I've wasted my efforts on you. I plead with you, brothers, become like me, for I became like you. You have done me no wrong. As you know, it's because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. Even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. What has happened to all your joy? 
I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Those people are zealous to win you over. And he's talking about the people that are teaching false doctrine to them. The people that are trying to take them back into Judaism and back under the law of Moses. The ceremonial law, to be most specific. But for no good, what they want is to alienate you from us so that you may be zealous for them. It is fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good, and to be so always and not just when I am with you. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Oh, how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I am perplexed about you. Now, Galatians chapter 4, verse 8 through 20 that I just read, is a passage about influencer and the influenced. It's a passage about a caregiver and the cared for, a mentor and protégés. So I'm calling this message the uninvited influencer because Paul seldom inserted himself into people's life at their invitation. And I want to talk to you today about the creation The character and the cost. The creation, the character, and the cost of an uninvited influencer. His calling was not from people, but from Christ. His motivation was the gospel. Brian Tracy said, Influence is the capacity to change the thoughts, beliefs, and actions of other people. The most powerful and important thing you can be is an influencer. The most important person that you can bring into your life is people who will influence you in the right direction. People who make a positive difference in lives are the kind of people whose opinion don't always have to be asked for before they speak up. I remember when I started traveling in ministry many, many years ago, and I used to be a part of, uh, uh, of what, what, to, what they called us evangelists, but we basically would travel from church to church. And so I would be in any place for several days, and I would preach. And I started doing this very young. I actually, I actually, this is really unreal to me now when I think about it, but I actually uh, had my first extended meeting when I was 16. And I preached in a church in Florida, in Sarasota, Florida. And so I, I got a really early start at this, and I was going around preaching and just really loved to, to, to do this. And I remember preaching for a guy named David Matheny. David's a great guy. He was later a district official in Penn, Florida District. I believe he's in Washington State today. And uh, I remember David pulling me aside. And he said, Phil, your correspondence looks horrible. You have to do something about it. I, I didn't have letterhead or anything. I just would write guys a letter. On a, I'd write them a note on a piece of notebook paper. I'll be at your church at such and such a day. I had no promotional materials, nothing. But that was unspiritual to me. And uh, he, took, he actually took me into his office, and he actually created a letterhead for me. Remember the old days when we would paste stuff on a piece of paper and photocopy it? That was, that was the days. I also remember, I remember Steve Gallagher. It was more on a most serious note. Steve Gallagher runs Pure Life Ministries in Dry Ridge, Kentucky, and has had so, such powerful impact on men and women uh, in, 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 in some key areas of purity. And I remember him talking to me one time about how I needed to pray 
as a pastor. He said, you need to be praying at least a couple of hours a day if you're going to pastor a church. And I didn't really, I didn't take it seriously. And uh, later I paid a price for that. Um, I remember having a church consultant here one time. And of course, you kind of invited a church consultant, but I didn't really expect him to be as nosy as he was. And uh, I remember we were building the education wing up there, and I remember he came to me one day. He said, you know, Phil, I've been Pastor Phil or whatever you call me. He said, I've been going around, and you know, nobody in your church knows why you're building that. You're building it, and you haven't communicated. And what he was saying is you're not communicating the purpose of something you're doing, and you're trying to raise money, and they don't even know why it's being built. I remember, uh, and I know I've talked a few times about, you know, we all enjoy the ministry of Jack Easterby here, uh, Patriots uh, character coach, who's, by the way, leaving the team. He's already left the team, and he's, I think he's joined another team. I don't know exactly where yet, but um, I remember the day uh, Matthew Slater had told me one day, he said, you know, uh, he, may, he, he said to me one day, he said, I wouldn't, he said, I wouldn't go to football games. I would just watch them on television. <laughs> He said, I would take my family and I would go to training camp because that's really fun. And see, He said, if you want, call me and I'll, I'll give you some VIP passes to training camp. So I did. I called him up about two years ago and, and I got these VIP passes and I took a few people with me and we got to sit with the players' families and it was really cool and watch practice and, and uh, it was really fun. And then uh, Matthew comes over with Jack, with Jack Easterby, who I'd never met, and he introduced me to Jack Easterby. And he was extremely gracious right away. But he didn't know who I was, and he, and he wasn't like super impressed with me or anything, and he's still not very impressed with me. But, <laughs> but uh, we kind of maintained a casual friendship and text back and forth and meet once in a while. And, but I remember meeting that day and I thought, thinking nothing of it and thinking, oh, I wish I'd have gotten his phone number because I'd like to have him come speak for us, you know, and that would be cool, and, but I didn't get his phone number. And like... Four or five days later, I get a handwritten note from Jack telling me how great it was to meet me. And, and I've just noticed that. I've noticed that about people who make a difference is they don't go around asking permission to speak into your life. They don't go around asking permission. And, and we, have, we have some great people in this room who do that, by the way. Many of you. Many of you are those great kind of uninvited influencers. In life. I remember, you know, I said, Scott, I said in, in your community group, your college age, uh, I mean, uh, young adult and college age community group, which is really going terrifically. And I'm so proud of Scott and Susan for that. And a few weeks ago, I attended, and, and, and the question was something like, who, who's been an influence in your life? And there's a bunch of students there who grew up in this school. Some had left the church and have come back. Some don't, don't come here a lot, but they come to that group. And they begin to, one by one. I'll bet half the group mentioned Susan Pfeffer, Sherry McCutcheon. And if you know Susan Pfeffer and Sherry McCutcheon, you know they are, are uninvited, are willing to be uninvited influencers. You're laughing. How many, how many have had the, one of those two people speak into your life? People who make a positive difference are like that. See, Paul, Paul had been saved in 34 AD, around 34 AD. And he stayed in Arabia and Damascus between 34 to 37 AD, which is the area where he had grown up. 
And then from 37 to 47 AD, he preached in Syria and Cilicia, in the area around Syria. And then he planted churches in, uh, then he went back to Jerusalem in 47 AD, and then he left there. They had this council, and I won't go into what that was all about, but they had this council uh, where they met and they brought some correction to the churches. And then he went to Galatia, in this whole area of Galatia, and he planted a church. And sometimes after that, he wrote them a book. Uh, he wrote them a letter. And he had introduced them to the Christ and the centrality of Christ. And there was this Jewish community there that they had, they had instead of making uh, obedience to all the ceremonial laws of Moses, they had discovered faith in Christ alone, that faith in Christ alone was the means of salvation. And so he had, he had planted that firmly in, their, their, in, in, this, in this community of, of Jewish believers. And so now Jewish and Gentile believers, God's, God's uh, goal and God's, um, God's uh, agenda was to create an interracial uh, church. God's goal was to create a, a, an integrated church that will integrate races and integrate all kinds of people, but because Christ alone would be the means of salvation. Christ, it wouldn't be a cultural, it wouldn't be a cultural salvation that you would receive, but it would be a real heartfelt salvation created by the cross of Jesus Christ. And then Paul gets the news. That it's starting to come unraveled. The Jewish believers are returning back to celebrating holy days, making it mandatory for, for the men to be circumcised before they can be uh, saved. And, and Paul just can't believe it. He can't believe what has happened. And he inserts himself back into their lives. And we know that he visited them two more times before he was, before he was, uh, was martyred. Let me talk to you about this whole idea of being a, an influencer in other people's lives. Because I believe it's the most important calling that you have. I believe the most important calling that you have is to be an influence in the lives of others. And I believe the most important decision you can make this morning is who you select to be an influencer in your life. First of all, the creation. Galatians 4.13 we, we read... And as you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. Even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God. As if I were Christ himself. T.D. Jakes is a great preacher. Preached a great sermon a number of years ago. And the title of the sermon was Nothing Just happens. And he talked about the great Old Testament story in the book of Ruth, where Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi, have gone back to Israel and gone back to the land of Naomi's birth. Naomi's husband has died. Ruth's husband has died. These two women have gone back to Israel after spending many years in a place called Moab. They've gone back to Israel, but they have no inheritance. They, they have no future. There's no future for them or their families. They have no legacy anymore because the, the men in their lives have died. And the only hope 
of having a destiny, the only hope of having a legacy was if someone, if a, if a man who was related to them in their, in their ancestral line, a man within their ancestral line had to marry one of them. But they had more pressing concerns like eating, like surviving. What I want to show you right now is that God is already at work in your life, bringing the people that you're supposed to influence and the people who are supposed to influence you. God is already at work, and you've got to believe that nothing just happens, that you're here this morning by divine providence. Who you're sitting next to is divine providence. The fact that you heard this, will hear this sermon this morning is divinely ordained of God. Nothing just happens. Ruth is sent by her mother Naomi. said, you know, we, we need to eat this week. We need groceries this week. So go glean in one of the fields. She goes and she begins to glean in one of the fields. And she just happened to be in the field of Boaz. She just happened to be in the field of Boaz. She just happened to get Boaz's attention. She just happened to cause him to know who she was and in inquiring who she was, she had no way of knowing that Boaz was a kinsman. And you know the rest of the story. Boaz ends up marrying Ruth and becomes the kinsman redeemer. And now, if you read the begats, and I know some of you, when you get to that part of your Bible, you skip quickly over it, but slow down. There's gold in the begats. <laughs> because in the begats, in the lineage of Jesus Christ, is the name Ruth. Boaz and Ruth in the lineage of Jesus Christ because nothing just happens. Paul didn't just happen to get sick when he was in Galatia. He didn't just happen to get sick. And God has brought some people into your life today and he hasn't it's not just happenstance. Paul's illness bringing him to Galatia didn't just happen. It was an ordained legacy moment. And the Galatians either realized or they simply were a culture of courtesy. I think it was the latter. I think they were a culture of courtesy. I believe they had developed their first impressions ministry so they wouldn't miss the messengers that God would send them. A lot of us churches, we... Our, our first impressions ministry is not very good, so we miss the people that God is sending us. We miss the ordained and anointed people that God has sent, not just to be blessed by us, but to bless us. That should be a lesson to us, right? The practice of hospitality in all forms is key. It's, 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 you, you may be an extrovert or an introvert. I don't care. God can use both in different ways. But every one of you need to get into the people business because it's the only thing that God cares about. He doesn't care about buildings. He only cares about people. God's in the people business. Jesus didn't die on the cross for a cathedral. He died on the cross for people. He died on the cross for everybody that's sitting around you. Every person that's sitting around you has intrinsic value because Jesus died for them. Amen? 
If you will develop around you a courtesy, a culture of courtesy, and a habit of celebrating humans, you won't miss the angels that God will send you who are placed by him to help you find your lost destiny. Remember, when Satan wants to mess you up, he sends a person into your life. And when God wants to raise you up, he sends a person into your life. Hebrews 13, 2 says, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so some, have, uh, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. I think that's why people like Jack just celebrate everybody. I don't think it's because I was somebody special. I think he just believes that people are creatures of, of divine origin. And that people have a spark of the divine in them. Judging by how the Corinthians responded to Paul, we have to conclude that Paul could be rather unimpressive. Remember Jay talked about that last week. He could be rather unimpressive. But be careful that you don't miss the unimpressive people that God is sending to influence you and shape you by the gospel. Substance and character matter far more than sensationalism. So that's the creation. The creation of an influencer is, what is it? It's the circumstances of life. The happenstance, or so they would appear, circumstances of life. The person that you meet, the person that you sit next to, can be an instrument of the adversary to hurt you and to decrease your divine potential, or they can be an instrument of God who's going to open to you the key to your destiny. Be careful that you don't miss it. Be careful that you don't miss Paul when he shows up. Can you imagine the Corinthians in heaven? You know, that they weren't very nice to Paul, as Jay pointed out last week. Can you imagine... The head pounding that's going on with Corinthians right now in heaven. We were idiots. What? We were idiots. We wanted the the televangelist who was flying in on his Learjet. And we were all impressed. We thought if he he was blessed that way, if we would would follow him, if we would follow the the evangelist that's, that's living in the... Four million dollar mansion, and has his own has his own private plane, and stays in twenty thousand dollar hotels. If we will follow that evangelist, God will make happen to us what we make happen for them. Isn't that how it works? Haven't you all heard of seed faith? Plant a seed into my ministry, and you will have the prosperity that I have. What a bunch of bunk! What a bunch of garbage! God sent a bent over, hunched over little old man that didn't impress anybody, that wasn't, according to Corinthians, wasn't a great preacher even. But he had the entire revelation of the grace of God. He had the treasure in an earthen vessel. And Galatia didn't miss it, thank God. Don't miss it. Don't miss the people. That God is sending in your life. And don't, don't let them miss you either. 
You're, you're somebody's Paul. Let's look at the character of an uninvited influencer. Tim Keller says it this way. You want someone in your life whose heart breaks if you don't follow Christ and live the gospel and burst with pride when you do. Do you have anybody like that in your life? I heard Keller talking about this the other day and he, he, he was talking about how that at Redeemer Church in New York City, they have a Sunday morning service, they have a Sunday night service. Sunday night, about 25% of the people who come go to other churches, but they come because they had come to hear Keller. And he said, I always ask them when they tell me, well, you know, we don't, this is not our church. Is it okay if we come? He says, it's okay if you come, but who are you accountable to? Keller goes on to say, you need to have people in your life who want to be agents of change and reconciliation between you and God. Grant Castleberry said this, Life is too short to go to a church where the pastors do not rightly teach the word of God. Life is too difficult to go to a church where the leaders will not shepherd your soul. That's profound. Listen, if I invite you for coffee or start sending you texts, it's probably not because I'm lonely. I don't know if you know me very well, but I don't get lonely. I like being alone. I'm good. I'm totally good with being by myself. Give me a book. Just leave me alone. Great. No. I don't invite you for coffee or send you text. I don't do it because I'm I'm lonely. I do it because I want to push you deeply into the arms of Jesus. I, I want you to more fully embrace the good news of the gospel, more cl- clearly, re- completely reflect the values of the gospel. I want you to build up the church of Jesus Christ. I have plans for your life. Amen. For I know the happiest and most fulfilling life that there is is one that has eternal meaning. And the only place for that is in the kingdom of God under the rulership of Jesus Christ, deeply connected with a community of believers. Listen to Paul to the Corinthians. I know there are some of you who are so full of themselves that they never listen to anyone, let alone me. They don't think I'll ever show up in person, but I'll be there sooner than you think. God willing, and then we will see if they're full of anything but hot air. God's way is not a matter of mere talk. It's an empowered life. So how shall I prepare to come to you as a severe disciplinarian? Remember my title, Uninvited Influencer. I don't think they asked for this letter. (laughs) Who makes you toe the mark? Or is a good friend and counselor who wants to share heart to heart with you? You decide. Then Paul says to the Galatians, those people that are zealous to win you over but for no good, they that want is, what they want is to alienate you from us so that you may be zealous for them. Paul was saying, I want you in my life. And I want to be in your life. And I'm not going to easily let you walk away. We need more of that. We need more of that in the world. We need more people who are tenacious about commitment to one another. We need more people who say, I'm not letting you walk away that easy. We need more people who say, I'm not walking away that easy. We need to quit being so stinking fragile. 
I said, we need to quit being so stinking fragile with one another. We need to be tough, and we need to be, because we're living in a world where people are more and more becoming alienated, and, and we're, we're having relationships looking at screens. And I have no problem with looking at screens, and I have no problem with social media. I have no problem with it. It's a wonderful, wonderful tool that God has given us for the 21st century. But you said it. It's just a tool. It won't replace being in the coffee shop with you, in your living room, in the restaurant with you, at the ball game with you. It won't replace going on a picnic with you, going fishing with you, going flying with you. It won't replace human relationships. And we need it desperately. I want to know you so you will know the Lord. And I'm loving you so you will love the Lord. This is partly what Pastor Jay meant when he said Paul's destination was to know Christ and to be with Christ. There's nothing better than that in this life. So let's, let's move to the conclusion today. That is the cost of an uninvited influencer. What's the cost? What's the cost to you? What's the cost to me? What's the cost of being the influencer? What's the cost of being influenced? Well, I can make one of two mistakes at this point in the sermon. I, I, one, I could raise the bar so high that you will grow discouraged before you even start because you think, well, I, I can no longer have a personal life or, or I have to be, have Apostle Paul's level of knowledge and revelation to be an influencer. Or, or in the matter of welcoming an intentional influencer into my life, you will think I, I'm calling for cult-like obedience. But this would, be so, this would so misrepresent, misrepresent Christ. So the, the gentle shepherd who leads us not, who, who leads us, he doesn't drive us. We are in the, the, the spirit, the scriptural language is all about being led. He's a shepherd. The Bible talks about being led by the Spirit. We're not driven, we're not crushed by the Holy Spirit. The old hymn says, Away from the mire and away from the clay, God leads his dear children along. The other mistake I could make, so, so if I made the mistake of, of, of thinking, you know, that you have, that your performance uh, has to go to this whole other level. But no, I, I want to tell you right where you are. You know, to, to, to influence another person, or the, the biblical word is disciple. To disciple another person, you only need to be one step ahead of them. If you know John 3.16 and they don't know John 3.16, then you can, you can help them. You don't, have to, you don't have to have even as much Bible knowledge as I have. You don't, you don't have to. And... and, 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 and Someone recently did this study about the different kinds of uh, the different kinds of, of of cultures that society has become, and and and, and they said uh, I believe it's three different categories. One is some people have joined what is called a helpless culture. In other words, they don't listen to anybody. They don't believe there's any answers for anybody. Life is we're just all messed up and there's no hope. Helpless culture. And then there's what he called a horizontal culture. Horizontal culture is you listen to everybody. You're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, and you're, you're, you're trying to listen to everybody's input. And then there's a, a third level, which is a hierarchical culture, which means you will only listen to the experts. If they don't have a bunch of letters after their name, 
and it doesn't cost you a lot of money. Or they're, you know, it, this, the way it works out in a church sometimes is people only want to visit from the pastor. On the, like nobody visited me unless the lead pastor visited me in the hospital. You could have 20 people from the church visit them, and they would say, nobody visited me. What do you mean? Nobody from the pastoral staff visited me. That's a hierarchical culture. I don't have another word that starts with H for the one that's in the Bible. But the one that's in the Bible is a communal culture where you receive from the people that God brings into your circle. And God will bring the right people into your circle if you will trust him, you will believe him. So that, that was free. That's not in the notes. <laughs> so the other mistake I could make at this point is telling you there's no sacrifice involved. No change involved. Just say a prayer and let life happen. No, influence requires intentionality, planning, and scheduling. Disciples are made. You are born again by the Holy Spirit. No human can touch that. I cannot do anything about your salvation. That's a gift from God. I cannot save you. I cannot tell you information that will save you. Salvation is not information. It's a rescue operation from heaven. It's Jesus Christ coming from heaven and saving you from hell. I have nothing to do with it except maybe telling you the good news. Jesus didn't say, go make salvations in, in the Great Commission, Matthew 28. He didn't say, go make salvations. He didn't go say, make converts. He said, go make disciples. In other words, go be an influencer. So disciples are made. Tim Keller says, everyone says they want community and deep friendship. However, because it takes accountability and commitment, we run the other way. And Tim, Tim Keller is a strong grace preacher, so that's why I quoted him. I could have said that myself, but I want you to know Tim Keller said it. Paul made a very interesting statement in Galatians 4.12. He said, I plead with you, brothers, become like me, for I become I became like you. That is an interesting statement. I become like me, for I became like you. That's it's very obviously Paul wasn't implying that we become like others in their sinfulness or their unbelief or their unhealthiness, which everybody has, by the way. He means, I believe the best way I know to say it, he be, I, I became like you culturally. I fit in with you so you could become like me. I mean, I think I saw Rick Campbell over here. He was at, he was at my house Monday night. With a, our, my community group was over there. And we had this conversation, you know. We've, we've redone our basement, so we got a lot more room down there now. And it's just great for having people over. And so we were, we were talking, and I, and I, I, I said, you know, I'd be, I, I, I would, uh, you know, I said, do you like to watch sports with guys? And gals too, but mostly it's guys who get together in my, my experience and watch sports, but I don't mean to be sexist, gals can come too. Uh, so he began to talk about hockey, and Rick loves hockey, Rick played a lot of hockey. I don't really like hockey, and I don't know why, I, didn't grow, I grew up in Texas probably is the reason, and I don't understand it, but you know what, I would love to watch hockey with a bunch of guys that care about Jesus and want to grow spiritually. I would love to watch, watch hockey. In fact, we'll, I'll have a bunch of you over. We'll watch hockey together. 
because I will become like you if you'll make a deal. You have to become like me. That's a deal. See, see, a liberal pastor, I mean, let's start with conservatives. We'll criticize them first. A conservative pastor would say, become like me. We, we know the rules, we know what's right, and we know what's wrong. Law and order, conservatism, law and order, what's right. What looks right, smells right, walks right, Jesus Christ. Looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a duck. If it looks like Jesus, acts like Jesus, walks like Jesus, it's Jesus, so be like me. A liberal pastor would go, I will be like you. Just, that's it. I will be like you. But I love Christianity. Because Christianity, Christianity in its essence is neither conservative or liberal. Christianity in its essence is just right. It's just correct. And the correct view is not, oh, I will be like you. Whatever you're into, that's what I will be. The correct view is not, be like me. The correct view is I will lean in to the things you like to talk about. The kind of maybe perhaps the kind of movies you like to watch. I will lean into the restaurant that you want to eat to eat at. You know, it pains me when I'll, I'll text somebody, "Let's meet for coffee," and it's always that tension of where do we meet. And 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 I know this is going to offend a lot of people, but I'm not a big Dunkin' Donuts fan. I like to go to Starbucks, and I always try to. We could go to Starbucks. And invariably, people want to go to Duncan. So, okay, I'll see you, Duncan. So, I will become like you <laughs> and drink Dunkin' Donuts. It's, it's, really, it's really fine coffee. Anybody works at Dunkin' Donuts? It's, I like your dark roast, okay? My, my thing is I like strong coffee, and then, so that's why. But it, since you have dark roast, I'm, I'm, I'm being pulled. Now, if you like to watch, like some people I know, if you like to watch Dr. Pimple Poppers, <laughs> I cannot lean into you. <laughs> but we have a group here. I just want you to know. We have a, we have a, a community group here. Now, they're not a formally a community group. We're, we may formalize them in the next season. But so far, they're not, they're not organized. But we have a wonderful group who love to watch Dr. Pimple Poppers. And uh, you, can, you, you can be influenced by them all you want. I just can't do it. Did anybody else out there like me? They just, they just can't. I can't do that. I, just, I guess I don't love Jesus enough. <laughs> so pray, pray that God will grow me to the next level so that I would actually watch Dr. Pimple Poppers with somebody in order to influence them. Travis Bond, I want to I close with giving Travis, he's a pastor down the road in Medway Community. I'm going to have coffee with him on Thursday, not at Starbucks. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to tell him, I'm going to tell him, Travis, you've got to quit preaching so good because I'm going to lose customers. He could, Travis can preach. But he said this the other day, and it's funny, I, I went and I, I, I was talking to him on the phone about a sermon, and he told me about the sermon that answered a question I had, and I went and watched the wrong sermon. But the sermon I watched was the right sermon, because <laughs> it was about creating a community of care. 
And I thought, that's, that's basically what I'm trying to preach on Sunday. Is how can we at Bethany Community Church become a community of care? Where we connect so well with one another. And here's something he said in the sermon. I got to ask him where he got it. Nobody knows when you're sitting in rows. I thought I would hear a ooh or an ah when I said that. Nobody knows when you're sitting in rows. We have to move relationships from rows, like I said earlier, to coffee shops, restaurants, offices, and living rooms in order to be influencers. You're not going to be an influencer looking at the back of someone's head. Back to that statement, typically conservatives will say, become like me, liberals can become like you. It's true, but if, if it's truly a gospel-shaped thinker, they says, I will become like you, adopt some of your schedule, care about some of your interests, show up where you show up, eat the food you like to eat, watch a movie you like to watch, so I can earn the right to say, follow me, as I follow Christ. Now, I know what you're thinking. Sure, if I were a pastor and studied the Bible for 20, 30 years, I could do that. No, you don't need to do that. Are you willing just to put yourself in proximity to others in social ways, practical ways, programmatic ways even? That means showing up. That means joining a community group. So I'm afraid the chemistry won't be right. Listen, if the chemistry's not right, leave that group and we'll find another one. We will find one where the chemistry's right. But you need to get in proximity to other people. Join a community group. Social ways, having fun together. Practical ways means helping one another do life. Programmatic ways means showing up for, for programs and things. You do all that you do with the ultimate aim of creating a portal for Christ and the Holy Spirit to do the deeper work through you into the lives of others. That's what it's about. I want to I borrow this conclusion from Pastor Bond's sermon on creating a community, a care of community. And so it's a well-known, a fairly well-known story. You may have heard it before, but it illustrates what happens when we don't let God bring people into our lives to be influencers. Dr. Leo Winters was a pretty well-known surgeon in Chicago back in the early 50s. And one morning, one o'clock in the morning, Dr. Winters gets a call from the hospital saying, a young man's been in an accident. You need to come right away. So he gets dressed, gets in his car, and he takes a shortcut through kind of a bad part of town. And he stops at a traffic light, and the door gets jerked open, and a guy pulls him out of the car and onto the, onto the pavement and jumped in, slammed the door, and took off in his car. And those were before cell phones, and he went and found a pay phone, and it took him like, and, had, and called a taxi. It took like an hour for him to get to the hospital. And he goes to the hospital, he walks in. The nurse says to him, it's, it's too late. Young man passed away 30 minutes ago. Now the guy that had jerked him out of the car happened to be wearing, he recognized he was wearing a flannel shirt and a gray hat. So he said, the father is down in the chapel. And he immediately turns and walks down to the chapel and walks into the chapel there on the front row sat a man in a flannel shirt holding a woolen stocking cap. The man who needed the doctor had pulled the doctor out of the car and prevented him from getting to save his son. I'm telling you that to tell you this. If you're not careful, in your rush 
to take care of all of the problems that you have in life and all of the situations you have in life, you will dismiss the Apostle Paul's that God has brought into your life to speak into your life. And you, if, if you let yourself be pulled from your car like that, you, you should lock your doors so that you can't be pulled away from the people that you're supposed to go help and you're supposed to go save. God has a calling on every life in this place to receive and to give. Travis closed with this question, and I want to close with it as well. Even if you didn't need to hear a story about a doctor in in Chicago in the 1950s. Here's a good question. How many of you here today wish, and I know this won't apply to everyone, but it'll apply to enough of you. How many of you wish your parents would have gotten deeply involved in a good, healthy church? How many of you wish your parents would have joined a community group and heard life-giving affirmation, correction, and let their life be gospel-shaped. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about releasing the same spirit that was in Paul into the life of every believer in this room so that you become powerful, sometimes often uninvited influencers, shaping other people to live this beautiful and glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to bow for prayer in a moment, in a few seconds. We're not going to do our normal uh, response time because of this is Connection Sunday. We want you to do some of that connecting. The last thing I want to do today is to, let you, is to leave you here with some sort of uptight, worried feeling that I'm asking you to do something that is not natural. No, what I'm asking you to do is natural. Remember, Paul was connected by an illness. He was connected by natural circumstances. He shared the good news that he had been called to share. It was much, much later that Paul had to go to them with a word that was difficult, with any sort of confrontation. Some of you are probably worried. Well, I've got to start confronting people. I've got to start rebuking people. Listen, do what is natural as long as Jesus is first, as long as Jesus is preeminent in your thinking, but get connected. Get connected with the person and the people that God is putting in your path. There's no such thing as a casual relationship because people are, people are creations of Almighty God. They've been died for on the cross by Jesus Christ. God has a plan for their life. I said, God has a plan for their life. God has a design for their life, a calling on their life. God has a plan for their life. For, God has a future for every person that you know. Be the conduit of grace to connect people with their destiny. Let's bow our heads. Father, we invite your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us to be beautiful, uninvited influencers. May we flow naturally and beautifully, and may we care about one another. May love, may our love be loud. May our love be so loud. God, let us learn to love first and ask questions later. 
do your work. Make this church what you want it to be. As I would pray for every other church in this community, that we would all be lighthouses and we would all be reflections of the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen.